The Seventh Mansion, Chapter 3, of the Interior Castle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. The Interior Castle, or the Mansions, by St. Teresa of Avila. Translated by the Reverend John Dalton. The Seventh Mansion, Chapter 3. She mentions some wonderful effects produced by the prayer already spoken of. Since we have said that this butterfly dies with very great joy, because she has found rest, and that Christ lives in her, let us now consider what kind of life she leads, or what is the difference between her present state and her former when she was alive. For we shall see by the effects, whether that be true which has been mentioned. As far as I understand, these following are some of the effects. The first is a forgetfulness of herself, so that she truly seems, as I have said, no longer to exist, for she is affected in such a way that she neither knows herself nor remembers that there is either heaven or life or honor destined for her. Being entirely engaged in seeking the glory of God, and hence it seems that the words spoken by His Majesty have affected the work, viz., that she should mind His affairs, and that He would take care of hers. Thus she is not troubled at whatever happens to her. But she so strangely forgets herself, that, as I have already said, she seems to herself not to exist, nor would she desire to live, except when she perceives she can in any way advance, however little, the honor and glory of God, for which she would very gladly lay down her life. But do not imagine, daughters, that on this account she neglects to take any care about eating and sleeping, which are a great torment to her, and doing everything to which she is obliged by her state of life. We are speaking of interior things, for as regards exterior works, little can be said. It is rather an affliction to her, to consider how all that she is able to do by her own strength is a mere nothing. Whatever she understands would conduce to the honor of our Lord, she would not omit for anything in the world. The second effect is a great desire for suffering, yet it is not like what she formerly had, for that used to disturb her. The desire which such souls have that God's will may be done in them is so excessive that they receive with pleasure whatever His Majesty sends them. If He wish them to suffer, they are content. If not, they do not torment themselves about it, as they used to do at other times. These souls feel likewise a great interior joy when they are persecuted, for then they enjoy more peace than that I have ever before spoken of. And they do not feel the least hatred against their persecutors. Nay, they conceive for them a particular affection, so much so, that if they see them in any affliction, they feel it keenly, pity them, and most sincerely recommend them to God, on condition that He would, in exchange, bestow these afflictions on themselves, in order that they might not offend His Majesty. What I wonder at the most of all is, that as you have seen how great were the sufferings and afflictions which they endured through their longing to die in order to enjoy our Lord, so also is the desire great which they have to serve Him, that so He may be praised by their means. They also desire to benefit, if they can, some soul. Hence, they not only do not desire to die, but to live many years, and to endure very great crosses in order that our Lord, by their means, may be honored, however little. And though they were sure, when the soul left the body, immediately to enjoy God, 
they make no account of this, and think as little on the glory which the saints possess. They do not desire it at present, since all their glory consists in their being able to assist, in something, their crucified Lord, especially when they see him so much offended, and so few who, disengaged from all other things, have his honor truly at heart. It is true that sometimes when they forget this, the desires of enjoying God, and of leaving this land of exile, come upon them with tenderness, considering how little they serve him. But immediately returning to themselves, they reflect how they have him continually with them, and with this they are satisfied, offering to his majesty their willingness to live, as being the most precious offering they can make. They have no fear of death, but look upon it as a sweet trance. The fact is, he who before gave those desires with that excessive torture, now gives this other. May he be blessed and praised for ever. Thus the desires of these souls do not now run after consolations and delights, because they have Christ our Lord with them, and his majesty now lives in them. It is manifest that as his life was nothing else but a continual torment, so he makes ours such, at least by desire, and he leads us as being feeble, though in other things, when he sees necessary, he gives us strength. They feel in themselves a disengagement from everything, and a desire of being always alone, or employed in things relating to the good of some soul. They have no aridities, nor internal troubles, but always have a memory and a tenderness for our Lord, so that they would gladly do nothing but praise Him. And when they become negligent, our Lord Himself excites them, so that it is clearly seen that this impulse, or, I know not what to call it, proceeds from the interior of the soul, as I mentioned when speaking of impetuosities. Here it is done with great sweetness, but it comes neither from the fancy nor from the memory, nor any other thing, whereby one can discover that the soul did nothing on her part. This is so usual, and happens so often, that one may very easily observe it. For as a fire, however large it may be, does not send forth its flames downwards, but upwards, so this internal motion is here discovered to proceed from the center of the soul, and thus it excites the faculties. Truly, were there no other advantage in this method of prayer than discovering the particular care God takes in communicating himself to us, and how he entreats us to abide with him, I think that all the pains endured for the enjoyment of these sweet and penetrating proofs of his love are well bestowed. This, sisters, you will find true by experience, for I think that when a soul has arrived at the prayer of union, our Lord takes this care of us, if we keep his commandments. When this shall happen to you, remember it belongs to this interior mansion, where God resides in our soul, and praise Him exceedingly, for that message certainly comes from Him, and the note is written with so much affection, and in such a way that He intends you alone should understand the handwriting, and what He wishes you to do. Hence, then, on no account neglect to answer His Majesty, however engaged in exterior things, and in conversation with other persons, for it may happen oftentimes that our Lord will wish to bestow this secret favor upon you in public. And, as the answer must be interior, it is very easy to make an act of love, or to say what St. Paul said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Then, in many ways, he will teach you what you should do to please him, and the time is very opportune, for then he seems to hear us. 
this delicate touch of his almost always disposes the soul to be able to do with a firm resolution that which has been mentioned before the difference between this mansion and the rest is that there are scarcely ever any aridities or interior disturbances like what used to be at other times in all the rest but the soul is almost always in quiet and she is never afraid that this sublime gift would be counterfeited by the devil and therefore she is confident it comes from god as i have before mentioned the senses or powers have nothing to do here for his majesty has discovered himself to the soul and he has taken her along with him to the place where in my opinion the devil dare not come nor will our lord allow him and all the favors he bestows here on the soul are without her doing anything on her part except what she has already done in resigning herself entirely to god whatever our lord does to the soul and all that he teaches her passes in such quiet and without noise that it seems to me to resemble the building of solomon's temple when no noise was heard and so in this temple of god for this mansion is his wherein he and the soul sweetly enjoy each other in the most profound silence there is no need for the understanding to stir or to seek after anything for the lord who created it wishes it to remain quiet here and through a little chink to behold what passes within for though at certain times this sight be lost and cannot be seen yet it is only for a short time since in my opinion the powers are not lost here but they do not work they are as it were stupefied i am astonished to see that when the soul gets so far all raptures are taken away from her except at some few times this taking away of the raptures which i here speak of relates to the exterior effects which these cause such as losing our sense and heat though some persons tell me that these are merely accidents of the raptures which in reality are not taken away since the interior effect is rather increased hence the raptures cease in the manner i have mentioned and there are no more ecstasies nor flights of the spirit if they come at all it is very seldom and almost never in public nor do the great opportunities of devotion given to her help her herein as they once used to do hence if she beheld a devout picture or heard a sermon which seemed almost as if she did not hear it or listened to music she was so troubled like the poor butterfly that everything frightened her and made her take wing but here either because she has found her repose or has been so much in this mansion she wonders at nothing nor does she now find such solitude since she enjoys such good company in a word sisters be the cause whatever it may for i know not when our lord begins to show the soul what is in this mansion and when he has conducted her into it this great infirmity which was very troublesome to her and which would not leave her before now does leave her this may be because our lord has now strengthened enlarged and disposed her or perhaps because he wishes to make known in public what he has done secretly in these souls for certain ends which his majesty has in view for his judgments are far beyond all that we can imagine these effects god bestows together with all the rest which we have mentioned in the degrees of prayer if they be good when the soul approaches to receive that kiss which the spouse in the canticles desired i think that here this petition is fulfilled here water is given in abundance to the wounded heart here she delights in the tabernacle of god here the dove 
which Noah sent out to see whether the flood had ceased, has found the olive branch, a sign that she has discovered firm land amidst the surges and tempests of the world. O oh, Jesus, who can tell how many things there are in the scriptures which illustrate this peace of the soul? Since thou, O oh Lord, beholdest how important this is for us, make all Christians desirous of seeking after it, and in thy mercy do not take it away from those to whom thou hast given it. In a word, until thou give us true peace, and bring us there, where it will never end, we must always live in fear. I say true peace, not as if I meant that what we have already were not such, but because if we leave God, the first war may return. But what will such souls feel, on seeing that it is possible they may be deprived of so great a good? This consideration makes them proceed with more caution and vigilance, and endeavor to gather strength from their weakness, so as not through their own fault to omit any occasion which presents itself, of pleasing God better. The more they are favored by His Majesty, the more diffident, humble, and fearful they do become of themselves. And because they best understand their own miseries in these manifestations of God's greatness, and as their sins also appear the more grievous, they are often brought to such a state that, like the publican in the gospel, they dare not lift up their eyes. At other times they desire to live no longer, that so they may be secure, though through the love which they have for God, they immediately wish again, as I said, to live, that so they may serve Him. Whatever relates to them they commit to His mercy. Sometimes the numerous favors which they have received make them more humble and more annihilated, for they fear lest it should be with them as it is with a ship overladen, which sinks the sooner to the bottom. I tell you, sisters, they do not want a cross, only it does not trouble them, nor rob them of their peace, but immediately it passes away, like a wave or a tempest, and then succeeds a calm, for the presence of our Lord, which they carry with them, soon makes them forget everything. May he be blessed and praised forever by all his creatures. Amen. End of the Seventh Mansion, Chapter 3